Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Whoa. Is anybody sick? No, you're lying. Some of you are lying, some of you are telling the truth. Who's not completely well? Who's got an ache, a pain, a something, wears specs, takes tablets? Who's got a something going on in their life? Yeah. Pretty much everybody. Hopefully I'm going to show us it doesn't have to be that way and how we live in the tension between it being that way and it not being that way. It was the same last night. You sometimes just wish you could stay where you were rather than have to get up and listen to somebody preach, don't you? You know, why, why would you listen to somebody preach when you can just watch Dad? Yeah? Should we get the band back up? Uh, I, I get the privilege of talking about encountering God's healing. Some have, some haven't, some wish they had, some maybe wish they hadn't depending on how it's been done. Um, Way back in 1980 or 81, I forget which year, it could have been my first or second year at university, we were all sat in our class, first class of the year, and the lecturer didn't turn up. And finally, after about 20 minutes, we're all wondering, is the lecture series ever going to start? The door creaks open, and his little head pops round the door. Uh, is this my class? Well, we never met the lecturer, so we haven't got a clue. <laughs> We'd heard of him, but we'd never seen him. He decides it is, and he comes in, and he sets himself up on his podium. And referring to his notes, he goes, um, my name's um, Dr. Checks his notes. Call him Smith. Dr. Smith. And I'm, I'm here to, to lecture you on the book of Ge- 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 Deuteronomy. <laughs> That's the um, second book of the Old Testament. <laughs> there are a few coughs and splutters and gasps because we're going Genesis, Exodus. <laughs> and he heard these and he, oh, oh pardon me. And he goes back to the beginning. My, my name's Dr. <laughs> checks his name. Smith. And, and I'm here to... He, did, he hardly looked at this. He's like a little mouse caught in the headline. I'm here to le- lecture you on Deuteronomy. G- G- we thought, I hope we don't say that a lot of times between now and the end of the lecture series. We'll never get there. That, that's the um, second book of the New Testament. <laughs> It went downhill from there. (laughs) Being around healing can be as confusing as being around the book of Deuteronomy. Because it doesn't happen. And it does. So I want to lay a few things out that maybe help. I don't have all the answers. Sorry. That's what you came for this morning. I've got a lot of books on my shelf, which proves none of us 
has all the answers, because yeah, right. if, if one of us had all the answers, there would just be the one book. That's right. There is the Bible. There is the Bible. <laughs> but apparently we still haven't quite worked it out, have we? Because there are all these books. I do know that when we do as oneness, wow. You know, if you go back to Pentecost and they were as one, everybody was getting healed and saved and set free and, 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 without anybody trying. And we've seen bits of that throughout history, haven't we? Where this power of God thing just pops up in amazing ways and we all wish we could live in that. Well, I do. The greatest healing I know in this realm is to get born again. Yes, I want my body sorted. Yes, I want my money sorted. Yes, I want my stuff sorted. But that's no good if I go to hell at the end of the day. The greatest healing I know in this realm is to get born again. The next best healing I know is to translate to heaven where there is no sin, sickness, disease and bad stuff and live eternity with all the good stuff. Yeah? But while we're here, we're going to have to deal with the bad stuff. And sometimes that hurts. Chris, would you make your way forward and come and share a minute or two, please? Rather than just talk about healing, let's hear about it. Chris, come and share. Thank you. Some of you have already heard my testimony from last year, but we're going to go over it again. October last year, I sent off my sample, which we men do once we get to 60, through the post. I get a letter from the doctor asking to go and see. Start to sweat, start to sweat, thinking about it. Get to see the doctor. We'd like to take some more tests and some blood tests. They took the tests and blood tests. Calls me back. She says, I'm sorry, but we've found some cells in your blood. We need more blood. How much more do they want? She wanted six files of it. <laughs> they took the blood and some more, and she says, I won't give you the results, the hospital will, you'll get an appointment. Within a week, it's all happening fast, I'll get this appointment through. Go over to the hospital, see Dr White, he says, I'm sorry but we found cancer cells in your blood and we need to do some more tests. More tests, I says, what more do you want? He says, I want to do a scan, biopsy, more blood. So that was on the Tuesday, they took all these tests. On the Sunday I came to church and I explained to Pastor Paul what was going on. And I was invited up to the front with another gentleman to be prayed for. To which six or seven of you come round and prayed for me. All the time I was being prayed for, I first felt this lightness and this cloak round me. I felt so warm. And I walked away and went home. Tuesday comes, letter on the doorstep. I didn't want to open it, but I did. Opened the letter. Three tests. Oh, negative. Nothing. Nothing there at all. So I ring my doctor. What's going on? I said, the tests have come back negative. She said, I've seen your letter. I said, have you made a mistake? She says, we don't make mistakes. I said, it just confirms my theory. She said, what's that? 
God has cured me. God had took themselves away. And from that on, it's been great. And last month I had a test done and I'm still negative in that. So thanks to God and thanks to you. Bless you, sir. More of that. Does this work? It did yesterday. Is it on? Do I have to do that? I don't know. Does Martin add? I'll do this. There we go. In, it worked last night, Mark. Have I done something wrong? In the beginning, God made it all and it was all lovely. It was all good. There was no sin, sickness or disease, which is bad in a good, bad sort of world. I've read that if we didn't have sickness which would change the shape of our cells and corrupt them, just proves we're all good at some things, but maybe not everything, and we need mates. Thank you. I'm glad he's a mate, otherwise he wouldn't have plugged it in, he'd have just left me hanging. I've heard it said that if we didn't have disease and sickness, that our body cells would not corrupt and they would live forever. We were wired to be immortal. That's the way God made us. And he said, go forth and fill up this planet. I've always wondered what happens when it was full. <coughs> I've drawn some wild conclusions about that. Um, we're not going into those, I've got to stay on healing. <laughs> but our bodies are not designed to corrupt. They're designed to live and live and live and live and live and forever. Which is one of the reasons death is so difficult, because we're not wired for it. We were never meant to be separated by death. In fact, it was in Genesis 6, just checking my notes, that God said, I'm going to limit the days of man and women to 120. For other reasons. If you want to understand why, read the first chapters of Genesis and you'll find out. That's the 59th book of the Old Testament. <laughs> the greatest number of people healed ever in the Bible. Now those who were here last night, you're not allowed to speak because I gave you the answer. Anybody know? The, ma the massest healing in the Bible. Dumbstruck. Nope. Good guess. It wasn't the snakes. It was not Matthew's Gospel. If this works, it was the Passover. If you go to Numbers, which is the 963rd book of the... Uh, <laughs> if you go to Numbers, chapter 1, it says when they came out of Egypt, they took a census of all of the people who came out. And they numbered 603,550 men, excluding the Levites. If you add one man for every woman, you're up to 1.2 million. 
If you add four kids per family, you're up to over three million people. And on the night that the angel of death went through Egypt and killed the firstborn of everything that wasn't belonging to the Hebrew people, he healed all the Hebrew people. Because these were slaves. They had been slaves since they were born. They were born into slavery. And slaves don't get medical care. And slaves don't get good food. Slaves get beaten up and beaten down and used up and used out and thrown away. Now, if we are all sick, and the vast majority of us here are in some degree, and we live with a national health service and medication and reasonably good food and, 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 what happens to slaves? But it says, I did write it down somewhere, in Psalm 105, verse 37, that none of them were sick. For 40 years. Their sandals didn't wear out, and they didn't even get a bruised ankle wandering around the desert. So on the night that God took vengeance on Pharaoh, he healed approximately three million people and brought them out of Egypt and then had them live in divine health for 40 years. Manna and quail apparently are a very good diet. <laughs> There's a Don Francisco song that goes on about manna burgers. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Manna again? What's for tea, Mum? Have a guess. But apparently manna, bread from heaven, and quail, meat from heaven, are very good for the diet. And for 40 years they lived in divine health. And I think there's these two things. We want to get well and we want to stay well. Jesus also lived in divine health. And he said, be like me. I'd love to be like him. Especially in that one, wouldn't you? We could afford the National Health Service if we weren't sick. Moses, at 120, led the, people of e he the Hebrew people out of Egypt and all the way through the desert for 40 years. God said to him, time to die. And he climbed Mount Nebo, which is 2,650 feet for old imperial people, and 817 metres for modern metric people, high. Who here would be like to be able, at 120, to climb a mountain? <coughs> On his own. He did this without mates. Climbed a mountain, two and a half thousand feet tall, looked over, saw the promised land, and died. He wasn't sick, his time was up. But at 120, he was well. Isn't that lovely? God says we, he will do far more than we ask or even imagine, which challenges me to ask for more and imagine for even more. Because if I ask for more and imagine even more, how much more is God going to do? Well, I don't know because I can't imagine it because I'm imagining them all. Yeah? So if we think this is ridiculous, it is, but it isn't. Because God did it. And God can do it again, and again, 
and again and again. God doesn't punish us with sickness. Not all the stuff that was in the Old Testament comes through into the New. Jesus, on the first day of his ministry, went to the synagogue, sat down on the Messiah's seat and said this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has set me apart, anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for their ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for their spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, those planted by the Lord himself, that he may be glorified. Da-da, he went. (laughs) Starts now. And they got upset. Well, I can understand that. But he went, "This this is happening. It's no longer a promise to come. Here I am. I am that promise. He said. And then for three and a half years, he went about doing that passage. And three and a half years later, he said, it's done. It's finished. What was finished? Isaiah 61. That which he came to do. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And he did it. And he said, I did it. What did he do? Set us free. From everything. Yeah? Jesus, the whole of the Old Testament says, Jesus is coming, he's going to sort it. Jesus said, I'm here to sort it. Three and a half years later, sorting it, sorting it. I've sorted it. I love sorted. Because I like my stuff being sorted. If you see my study, you might think I'm a liar. Because <laughs> it's really not very well sorted. But isn't it nice where you go to the cupboard where the thing should be and the thing is there? Because you've sorted it. Isn't it not when it isn't? <laughs> where did I put it? If you put it away, you'd be able to find it. Jesus said, I've sorted it. It's all in order. All your stuff is sorted. (laughs) Or it can be. Kit, would you share, please? He said he would. This isn't landing on somebody. (laughs) This is (laughs) prearranged. Just testing. Um, About four years ago, I'd gone for a routine uh, eye appointment, and there was a small hemorrhage discovered behind one of my eyes, which was affecting the peripheral vision slightly, and I was aware of that. so the optician had to refer this had to refer me to the hospital so so off i went to see the consultant at the hospital and uh had two i used to i wore glasses driving anyway but uh, i did two of these field vision tests you know where you put your head in a cone have a button and the light goes around different parts and you have to push the button every time you see the light 
So I did it twice without my glasses and failed, and then did it with my glasses and, and, and passed. So he sent all this stuff off to DVLA, who said they'd renew my license, but only for three years, which, which was up just sort of a few weeks ago. Uh, so I was in quite, I prayed about it, but I was in a lot of fear and trepidation. I did not want to lose my driving license. Uh, so Jerry's on the um, healing rooms team, so I usually drop her off and do something. But on this one day, I came in for prayer for my eyes because I had a, a, a field vision and a sight test about three or four days later uh, at Specsavers. So I came in, was prayed for. And, and I left, um, I would like to say I left full of faith that, you know, it's all going to be all right. Well, yeah, I, I knew that God could heal me, but I, I still had a degree of, of, of fear about it. You know, I did. Uh, so I, I went, I went, had the test, and um, uh, so I had the sight and the field vision. Well, I did the field vision the, the first time, and, and then the ordinary sight test, and the optician I not only passed them both, but the, the uh, um, optician said that my eyesight was good enough to actually drive without um, glasses anyway, uh, which was fantastic. But I forgot to say last night that what she added was, I don't know why the DVA are bothering. <laughs> so however I felt when I went in, I went out. Thank you, Jesus. No. Wonderful. Yeah. God laid it all on Jesus. So he can't lay it on us. Jesus took all the stuff. So we don't have to. I'm like, I guess most, if not all parents, who, when they see their child hurt, you go, no, no, no. Do it to me instead. When, Lu when Lucy was born, she was very jaundiced and they had to take blood a lot and she didn't let blood very easily and so they're holding this tiny tiny thing called my daughter and they're poking around in a heel to get blood and of course she's crying because what other response does a baby have and the doctor said it, you don't have to stay here we oh, yes we do and it hurts emotionally it wrecks you and you're going I know you need her blood, but I wish mine would do. Yeah? yeah. yeah. This is a godly feeling. Because God did that. He said, rather than you suffer, I'll put it on me. Sorted. He did what every parent wishes they could do for their kid and took the pain. that we don't have to. And I know we can come up with all sorts of theology that explains why I deserve to have my sickness, my disease, my condition, my whatever it is. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. <coughs> it's a lie. And if your theology is going, but you don't understand my position, I know I don't. But if God saw that the best way to deal with our stuff was to lay it on Jesus. And he did that. That anything that says, I can't be healed, flies in the face of that truth. And therefore has to be 
am I? God wants everybody in this room completely well right now. All of us, not just well, but living in total health. It is my firm belief. You're entitled to disagree. I have no problem with that. There's a man came to the healing centre on Thursday night. I run a Christian healing centre, for those who don't know. And he actually brought a friend. Because she needed healing. And while she was getting prayed for by some other's team, he came over to talk to me. Don't know why me, but he did. And as he was talking to me, he said, uh, I'm totally deaf in this ear. Or is he totally deaf in that one, and with a hearing aid, he could hear with this one, but he's totally deaf without his hearing aid. He had the cutest little hearing aid. You could, once it went in, you couldn't see it. Brilliant. And he said, and I don't know whether God wants me well. Do you? I said, he does. <laughs> he said, are you certain? I said, I'm certain. He said, you sound quite positive, I am. God wants me well. I said, God wants you totally well. Oh. So if we pray, will, me, will he heal me? I said, we could find out. He went, but I'm not convinced. I said, you don't have to be. He said, you sound very convinced. I said, I'm totally convinced God wants you completely well. He said, all right, and let's pray. What do I do? I said, you stand there. All right. So I prayed. And he didn't get completely healed. But for the first time in years, he could hear out of that ear, however faintly. He said, is that it? I said, no. Shall I pray again? Will it work? Yes. <laughs> you sound convinced. I am. I'm convinced in the fact that it didn't, in, fa in the face of the fact it didn't work, that it still will work. So we prayed again, and he heard a tiny little bit more. Yes. Put his hearing aid back in, could hear completely. He said, what do we do? I said, we keep praying. He said, how many times? I said, until all your hearing comes back. He said, What? Will that not bother you? I said, we are happy at the centre to pray with you for as many times as you want us to pray with you. And if that takes a thousand times for your holy hearing to come back, then that's what we'll do. Jesus said we should be like him. I'm working on it. Or should I say I'm letting him work on it in me? Probably a better version. He also said, greater things than I've done, you will do. Well, I'm not up to Jesus' level yet. I don't know what it looks like to be doing greater than him because I haven't started doing the, the as like him bit yet. But as he, was, as he is in the world, so are we. And I think there's a, uh, we are and we are becoming joined up stuff. And we can see that we have become some and there's yet some to become. But God wants us all completely well. He wants us more well than we do. Did I do that one?
I think I did. There we go. Jesus wants us all well. God wants us probably more well than we want us well. I can cope with this, but why? I've got used to this, yeah, but why? I know why. You know why. Don't. I want to be free from the gluten-free aisle. I want to be free from free from. <laughs> if you're not free from free from, you know what I'm talking about. It really does make eating difficult. And I love eating. John 10.10, Jesus came to give us life in all of its abundance. He was talking about the sheep and the sheepfold and him being the shepherd and the gate and the sheepfold. And he said, the thief comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. So he's easy to spot and he's a liar as well. But I've come that you may have life in all its overflowing abundance. Reminds me of Psalm 23 that, though, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, the Lord spreads a table for me and it's the sort of table I would spread for my mates. It's not crummy old cheese sandwich, three days old, and a bit of wilted lettuce. If you've been round to eat at my house, you know what you're talking about. No, I won't go. <laughs> we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Not we will be. But right here, Right now, every spiritual blessing, that's everything Jesus won for us on the cross and said, I've sorted it, which is everything we need to live life in all its abundance, is ours. And he made us sit together right now in heavenly places with him. That's kind of mind-blowing, that one. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, not will. But if we're born again, does. If we are born again, the Spirit of God has come into us and given us a new spirit and we are completely well in our spirit. It needs nothing more. The soul and the body need some work. But the spirit is totally well. Behold, the old is gone, here is the new. If we are born again people, our spirit is sorted and our body and our souls are in the process of being so. Is there another slide or have I used them all up? I've used them all up. All who came to Jesus, Luke 4.40, were, were healed. And he's still the same. And we are like him in this world. So I think we need to get our expectations above where they are. I'm one of these who has to take a tablet every day because I have a hiatus, something hernia in my tummy and I get reflux action and that's pretty bad news. And I've seen people heal from this stuff. I don't understand it, church. But I do know the more I press in, the more people get healed. And if my strike rate is 2 out of 10, then I'll pray for 20 to get 4 healed. Yeah? What happens if people don't get healed? Well, if you don't pray, they won't. So you'll be safe. And then you won't have the testimonies like we heard earlier. You won't be able to tell stories like the man beginning to hear. 
There was a man on the golf course 10, 15 years ago who for the first 12 holes told me and my dad why he couldn't be healed. He was not a Christian. And why his golf game was so completely off because he had this bad back and his swing and it just didn't work. And he was, he was cocking his game up left, right and centre. And for 12 holes he kept telling us about the medics have said this and they've done that and, da, 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 and there's nothing. And my dad said, so do you want to be well? Martin was wondering whether my dad had actually heard him for the last 12 holes. <laughs> and he said, but there's nothing can be done. Yeah, but I know a man can sort it. And his name's Jesus, would you like me to pray? Well, Martin knows there's nothing more the medical profession, bless them, and I don't mean that patronisingly, I mean, bless God they're there, could do. So he decided to give it a whirl. We were playing in a tournament and the group behind us somehow had got lost because on the 13th tee box, my dad laid hands on Martin, I stood behind him, the power of the Spirit came upon him, and he fell over on the 13th tee box. And the group behind us never caught us up. He was out for ages. Got up, totally healed. So much so that that night at the hotel, we were on an association, hairdressing association, annual general meeting weekend away. And at dinner that night, my dad had a prayer queue. Because Martin came back to the terrace and over drinks before dinner was telling everybody what God had done. And my dad only just managed to get his dinner because he had a prayer queue before, during and after dinner. Those are great. And I think we all would love to have those stories. Problem is you've got to pray. You've got to be willing for God to show up. You've got to be willing to say, let's pray. I believe. And in the face of the facts, I still believe. God is a good, good father. And I appreciate some days it doesn't look like it. But looks can be deceiving. God is my good, good father. How do I get well then? Keep asking. We rejoice with those who have testimony say, God healed me. And we go, and me. And when it hurts, we go to people and say, it hurts, can you help, can you help me? Moses had Aaron and Hur to hold his hands up when he needed to win the battle. The man on the bed was brought by his mates to Jesus because he couldn't get there. Some days it hurts too much to move. So we need our mates to bring us to Jesus. We're supposed to live connected with people. Because some days we're the mate who picks up the mattress and takes you to Jesus. And some days we're the person on the mattress who has mates who pick us up and take us to Jesus. But where do we all go? To Jesus. It's the only place I know to go. So we live in this tension between God wants us all well and it's not happening. I know if we don't press in, it won't happen. And we've seen through history that if we do press in, it can happen. But it can't happen if we don't press in. So what are we going to do? I'm going to keep pressing in. Because I'm looking for the day 
where Karen's recurring glandular fever, which stopped her coming today, has gone. Because she loves coming to church. Who wouldn't here? I know I do. But it's daft. The leader of a healing centre can't get to church because she's sick. Yeah? We live in the tension between divine health and not being healed. But we keep pressing in. And the thing I found is the more we press in, the more people get healed. And the more people live disease-free. That is my experience. Which is why every Thursday night we open the doors at the healing centre and pray for anybody who comes in. Because nothing, absolutely nothing, disqualifies us from the love of God in healing to us. Lazarus was dead. You can't get any less active faith than a dead man. <laughs> you can't get any less active willingness to be healed than a dead man. That didn't seem to bother Jesus. He went, get up anyway. And Lazarus got up. If the Spirit of God in Jesus raised Lazarus and the Spirit of God in Jesus raised Jesus, how much more can the Spirit of God give life right here, right now, to our broken stuff? And I understand if you sat there going, oh, but David, you don't understand. I don't, you're right. I don't even begin to imagine. But I know a man who does. And his name is Jesus. And if you are willing to let him have a go at healing you, there are people who are willing to stand alongside you in that. So we're going to do it. It's 12 o'clock. I believe some of the prayer team are armed and ready. If we can have a little bit of music too. Can I suggest before you move out your seat, you don't. As the band plays, just very sweetly. Just allow God to, to come into whatever it is you put your hand up for. Because virtually everybody in this room needs some sort of healing. And say, this is the one or the two, whatever it is, that I really want sorted today. Whatever it is that's broken. And it might be your health, but it might be something else. And just let Jesus do his stuff. He didn't need a praise band. He didn't need a preacher. He said, the kingdom of God is here. Do you want to be well? And they said, yes. And they got well. We've dressed it up with all sorts of fancy stuff. And I think some of that's really good, which is why I keep perpetuating with it. But in the queue at Tesco, he had the marketplace. Same thing. He didn't have a band. He had the Holy Spirit. And he knew the will of the Father was everybody should be healed right here and right now. And he demonstrated it. And I believed that. So as the band plays, why don't you just sit where you are, stand, kneel, cry, run about, whatever it is you do, but let the Holy Spirit into your stuff, just you. And there'll be some with badges on at the back and some with badges on at the front. I don't have a badge. But it doesn't matter, because I'm announcing it so you know that I should have a badge. And this isn't about special people. This is about, there are some people who are ready to pray. Don't bother anybody else because they're needing to be met by God for their stuff. But these people have said, yes, we'll do this this morning. And if you need God with skin on, the body of Christ, then some of us are ready to do that bit. 
If you need to go, if you need coffee, it's 12 o'clock. If you want to stay and just let God touch your stuff, we'll stay. God wants all of us completely well right now. So much so that he took all the stuff that breaks us and puts it on Jesus and died and hurt and got broken up by it because he doesn't want us to be in pain in any part of our lives. Can we trust him and let him in? I hope so. those who are willing to pray, some could go to the back, some could come to the front. And if you need God with skin on after a little while, come. <laughs>